The CCSA is recommending you limit yourself to two drinks or less a week. One drink is considered a bottle of beer or cider, a glass of wine or a shot glass of spirits. It says anything more than that is associated with increased health risks. Now, the guidelines that we were working with before from 2011 considered up to two drinks a day low risk. So what's changed? Let's find out with Dr. Tim Stockwell, who is senior scientist with the Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research at the University of Victoria. Dr. Stockwell, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jalen. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for making time for us this afternoon. Now, two drinks a day to two drinks a week, that's a huge change, like a big change. Um, can you offer some insight into that? Yes, um, it's not quite as dramatic as that. I mean, the language has changed. So, you know, the loose use of the word low risk maybe is used a little differently now. Um, but the big thing that has changed is the idea that alcohol in moderation being good for you is really um, not sound anymore. The science is now moving to dispute that. Plus, the increased evidence that even small amounts of alcohol increase our risk of cancer, mm. breast cancer, uh, cancers of the digestive system has strengthened. And you put those two things together, so the guidelines had to come down. But they do say six drinks a week is moderate risk. And it's maybe the language there, it's still a lot lower mm. than it was like 10 drinks a week for women, 14, 15 yeah. for men before that. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I wonder, though, if people hear that and say, okay, when you, you look at that uh, 10 to 15 down to 6 or 2 or whatever it is, do you think that message might get tuned out at this point? Is there a fear of that? Um, well, look, I think the spirit with which these guidelines were designed was not to win popularity contests, <laughs> but, but to just tell people like it is. And I think really the underlying science is really clear that there's no like safe level where even the possible benefits counteract likely risks. It's just when you drink, it's a risky product. The more you have of it, um, the higher your risk of problems. So you just basically drink less, live longer. That's mm. the fact. Now, how people, you know, accommodate that, if they want to reject it. But I, I think the duty is just inform the good people of Canada, the consumers of alcohol, what the risks are without pulling any punches. And I think that's what the guidelines do. Dr. Stockwell, when, when, you, when you take a look at it, so even just... You know, cutting back, um, when, when you cut back alcohol, how, how big are the impacts on, on, on your health? For example, let's say you used to have 10 drinks a week and now you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go back to two or maybe even four. You know, how dramatic is the, the benefit? Well, some of the short-term risks you, you could appreciate even with 10 drinks a week because there's small impacts on sleep. Even one or two drinks um, in an evening tends to give you less good sleep patterns. People will usually, if you cut right back, even out, you know, cut it out altogether, you usually sleep better, feel better, feel sharper, you'll save money. But the, the real thing that these guidelines are based on is the long-term risk. If you maintain a pattern of 10 drinks a week mm. all your life, 
um, then you've got like a 2% increased risk of dying from an alcohol-related cause before the age of 70. So it's just gone up. It's just a little bit up there. And if you get 100 people doing that, two people are going to be unlucky. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, 98 people will be fine. <laughs> it's a low risk. So that that's that's... It's just a way of communicating. Another way of talking about this is to think about for the average person, suppose you drink one drink every day of your life from mm-hmm. 15 to 70. What's the for the average person the impact on life expectancy? It's about three months. People who drank that pattern compared with an abstainer would live on average three months less. Mm-hmm. So some mm-hmm. people would die a lot earlier than three months and a lot of people wouldn't be affected at all Um, but that's just that gives you a sense of the scale of the problem and the idea is just to communicate the fact that is a risk and just be careful I think that there's still a a lot of confusion because over the years we've heard okay well one glass of red wine in the evening is good for heart health or whatever it is and then it changes yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm seeing that on my text line this afternoon, Dr. Stockwell, people just saying they're, they're not sure what to follow or what to listen to anymore. Yeah, and that, that completely relates to that. And so all we can do, and this is a group of um, scientists and public health experts that have been selected to work with um, the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction on this project because we've got relevant experience. We haven't got you know, shares in the alcohol industry, we're impartial. So all I can say is we've done the best we can to review the latest scientific evidence and communicate it as clearly as we can. So in the part, it is a change. Uh, the, the evidence that alcohol might be good for you in low doses is really now strongly disputed. But you will find people saying you know, that, that, that that's still the case. And I'm sorry, that's how science works. And as time goes by, the evidence will become clearer. There's an increasing consensus that that no longer applies. Dr. Stockwell, are you st- good for you. do you think we're starting to see a, a change in the drinking culture in Canada? And maybe, and, and maybe not with, um, you know, uh, 40 plus, but, you know, those under the age of 40, and you take a look at uh, yes. maybe like the, the Gen Zers and that sort of thing? Definitely. And you know, the really interesting thing is this is not just happening in Canada. It's happening in about 25, 30 countries all over the world. In the last 15 years, young adults tend to fewer of them are drinking, more of them are drinking less. Um, there's lots of theories as to why that should be, but it applies to, to Canada. But the rest of us are drinking as much as ever, particularly during COVID. Mm. Consumption went up a lot all yeah. over Canada. Um, particularly the, you know, you say the plus 40s, as so a middle-aged and older people. Um, and, yeah, we had more money. Um, we had fewer things to spend our money on. And more our time. And often conveniently <laughs> delivered to our doorsteps. And we wouldn't have to show up looking, you know, in a good condition necessarily to our workplaces. Do you think cannabis has played a role in this? In those numbers going down could. for the younger generations? Um, yes, I think that, and I, on balance, I think that is a good thing. When we look at the risks from cannabis, we're talking, you know, a few hundred, maybe three or four hundred people uh, potentially 
dying each year in Canada as a result of their use of cannabis, compared with alcohol, which is in the region of 20,000. Mm. And that's not just because there's so many more people using alcohol than, than cannabis. It's intrinsically safer, and, and people take fewer risks, I mean, you know, in terms of injury risks, but it's also less harmful, particularly if you don't smoke cannabis. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to harm your liver. It's very unlikely to give you cancer. Um, so, you know, the, it's not going to give you heart disease. These are all things that alcohol does. Dr. Stockwell, one of the things uh, that we talked about last time that we, we spoke on the show was about um, warning labels and, and labeling on um, alcohol products. And um, the Canadian Centre on Substance Abuse, Substance Use rather, and Addiction, yes. once again, recommending labeling. And, and why is that? You've seen dramatic, you've seen evidence that it works. Yeah, I was lucky to be part of a study with Dr. Erin Hobin from Public Health Ontario in the Yukon, where the Yukon Liquor Corporation um, agreed to do an experiment putting cancer warning labels and information about national guidelines and standard drinks on every bottle they sold in the Whitehorse Liquor Store, which is pretty much the only liquor store mm -hmm. in Whitehorse. Um, and we found evidence of reduced consumption. Um, it prompted conversations about the risks of alcohol. People supported the, 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 the labeling. Um, and there was, it, it was a, some very positive results. The trouble was the industry came down on it and threatened the Yukon government mm. with legal action, not very subtly, <laughs> and they shut our study down. So mm. um, even though it worked and there was evidence, people, there's very low levels of awareness of some very yeah. important risks from alcohol. So labelling is a critical thing, and I think without it, there's an assumption that, well, the government cares about us. Surely they would tell us if there were these risks well it's and the world health the world health organization has been saying this for 35 years but the government isn't telling us so we don't tend to believe it it sounds like the uh the industry is pushing back on uh the recommendations and the labeling once again uh over the past 24 hours <laughs> oh gosh yes they're, they're fighting hard and you can understand why i mean their interest is to sell as much alcohol to us as possible uh, but from public health and safety point of view the mm. more they succeed the more of us uh, die prematurely and there's more injuries and accidents and illnesses. Well, Dr. Stockwell, I sure appreciate your time, your expertise, your insight once again on this conversation. Thank you for making time for us this afternoon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.